I'm sitting here on this wonderful uh, evening in Beirut with Tanya Saleh, whose album Wehde has been topping the airplay charts here at KZSU 90.1 FM. Tanya has kindly agreed for to do a brief interview with us here for our listeners. I'm sitting with her as we uh, enjoy some uh, Lebanese treats here at a place called uh, uh, Time, Out. Time Out. Time Out, which is a very sort of uh, special place because it's outside and it's quiet and it's uh, very beautiful. Thank you, Tanya, for coming to the studio. Thank you, Ramzi, for having me and thank you for helping me um, get heard in the States. I really appreciate that a lot. And uh, I thought we'd come here because it's a calm place and you would see some trees as opposed to all the cars outside. Absolutely. We came a little early and enjoyed the... uh, the ambiance, but uh, I'm going to get right to the questions, Tanya, because how does it feel like to know that your album is not just getting airplay on college radio, but is actually topping the airplay charts at Stanford and at other universities? Is this surprising to you, or did you sort of expect this kind of reaction from college radio in the United States? Um, No, I didn't expect it at all. I mean, I expected the album to be heard and to be liked, but not to be topping the charts because I'm wondering how they are being able to understand the lyrics. But as you tell me uh, with a little explanation of what the song is about, then it will help. But I'm really honored and, and I'm very happy because, I, like I told you before, I really love the American people. I find them very nice people, very friendly people and very smart. So I'm really... Uh, honored by that. Well, one of the things that we encountered in terms of categorization, because as a, as a radio station, they're always looking to categorize things. It was very difficult to categorize your album. And finally, I said, just put it under world music, because that's a very open thing. But what kind of music would you define this? Is It's kind of jazzy, it's Arabic, it's Oriental, it's Western, it's fusion, it's, it's romantic, it's angry. Um, do you have a way to describe the album to listeners in the West who may not be familiar with uh, traditional genres? Yeah, I understand your question and I understand the need to label things but uh, for me it's uh, it's always the hardest question to ask so because I like to experiment in many things, that's why you listen to many genres when you listen to the songs, but I like to stay an alternative uh, musician because in that way you can uh, experiment and you can be just not the mainstream kind of music and not for under any specific label rock, jazz or uh, funk or anything or even uh, traditional Arabic because it's none of the above and um, so if we talk about underground alternative maybe uh, Lebanese music a lot of people in the West are surprised that there is such a thing I mean when they think of Arabic music if they think of it at all or music in Arabic they're thinking of the you know sort of main icons like uh, Nancy Ajram and Amri Diab. But there's always surprise that the underground or the alternative Lebanese music scene is so vibrant. You, Tanya Saleh, are one of the few uh, artists who are getting you know, exposure, at long, much deserved exposure at long last. But how do you feel about the, um, the way the, uh, the alternative music scene is shaping up in Beirut or in Lebanon in general? 
Uh, I love the fact that now we have many alternative bands who are starting their own identity because with the growth of the internet and how people are connecting these days, well, they don't see the mainstream artists anymore as much as they the, 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 the production companies would like to. Now people are uh, uh, you know, viewing what they want to see and hearing what they want to hear. And it makes me happy to see views on YouTube, for example, for Mashua Leila or for Reis Big or for myself uh, as much as uh, as 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 uh, it is, I mean, it's it's really very good to hear that the the young people are now being geared to a different kind of. Uh, I mean, they should have choices. I don't, I don't like to say that mainstream artists are good or not good. It's not me who judges, but I think that the variety is extremely important because. Uh, people need that. I mean, you can't listen to the same kind of music. You can't see the same kind of beauty. You can't. You have to. You need variety. Absolutely, and I think this is why your album Wehde seems to be so um, innovative and uh, and very sort of different than anything we've heard in terms of even alternative, you know, Lebanese music. Is the music composed? Who composes? Who writes? Who creates the the in your artistic journey? Uh, well, in the first album, it was uh, many people who contributed to the compositions. But in this album, I worked with a band of three people, a bass player, a guitarist, and a drummer. And we all work on the music together as a band. And, I, of course, I wrote the lyrics because I thought that it would be easier to express my own feelings and, uh, I mean, emotions or the things that I want to talk about. I would be expressing myself better than to just buy, uh, you know, lyrics. So to me, it's important that uh, um, like people like Reyes Big and Mashralela, I mention them because I respect the ability of uh, they have for songwriting as well, which is what we need. I mean, we don't uh, want to uh, give the image that uh, the Arab world is only. Uh, uh, I mean, they don't think, uh, or they don't have wit, or they are not uh, aware of what's happening. It's important that we write our own songs to express our own views about the world. So uh, I think it's it's positive. I mean, the way I see it, uh, we're going to be uh, stronger and stronger because of the growth of the internet. Like I said before, it's important uh, to be able to find platforms for our music and to be able to find people like you who like it and promote it. Uh, I mean, the, the, this part of the equation is, is extremely important for our growth and uh, gladly it's there. Well, uh, the lyrics, I mean, because I speak Arabic, I mean, to touch me in a different way maybe than somebody who doesn't, but even people who don't understand the lyrics, once you explain the song to them, are able to relate to it. Um, the writing of these lyrics must come from some kind of personal uh, experience or venture. I, Wehde, for example, is a very difficult track to digest at first because it functions on so many levels. By difficult, I mean problematic in a good way. Um, could you explain a little bit to our listeners in California that how the song could function either as a romantic song or as a 
maybe a satire, also as a political commentary on Lebanon, just briefly, because I don't think people really understand what the term wahde could mean. Yeah, uh, the term wahde means three different things, or maybe four or five, I don't know, but to, in this song, it's mainly three meanings. It's, it's wahde means a girl, just any girl, and it also means national unity, and it also means uh, loneliness. Right. So this word means the opposite of itself. It's very weird. So I thought that in the beginning of when I wrote the song, I thought this word is extremely interesting. How can I build around it uh, enough imagery so that I give it its uh, worth? So I thought first of um, me as an Arab woman who lives in this male chauvinistic, I mean mainly male, I, I don't mean that all males are like that, but it's uh, the majority of males are uh, you know, macho and they want to be uh, decision makers and there is no partnership in the equation. Men are there to just you know, give orders and women are there to receive in, in most of the cases. And women have been raised like this for a long time. And... Uh, most of the women I know who have grown up uh, men who need to get married, they would advise them to find a nice girl, you know, a, a Lebanese girl who would understand them and who would cook for them and who would be, uh, I mean, a, a child in their arms and do what they want. So the, the song came from that insight too of like a woman asking her child or a, her son to find the right woman. And if we think of Lebanon as a, as a small country in the middle of this big Arab, Arab world and in the middle of this region with all those different equations going on and it trying to survive uh, along the line. So I thought that maybe also Lebanon uh, is the son of this woman who needs to know which woman he wants to choose because we have many possibilities. We can choose to be in an Arab unity, we can choose the European unity, we can choose the Mediterranean unity, we can choose anything. But in the, in the beginning, we have to choose our own national unity to be able to stand as a nation because we don't have that yet. I mean, after the war, it's, we've been tormented a lot and we've been uh, into a lot of pressure from many global uh, powers that we didn't really have any identity. Even our flag has been improvised very quickly, you know. Uh, I mean, we never had a government of national unity in the real sense where people were working as a team to, to make this country grow. We never had that. And we always had this dream. So this this is a bit what the song is trying to explain. And it's a, a, the Lebanese have identified with it because it's an insight that they have been grown um, to hear about. And even the Arab world also ha find this found this insight uh, interesting because they also found at a point that they were not having this national unity and they found that they were under a lot of uh, uh, governments where uh, things were imposed on them and they didn't really have uh, a say so it also worked on that level too and I'm glad to hear that in the States people are liking it. Yes, but uh, you've, you touched on two points I think in your answer. One of them is um, women's issues and women's rights because I think that certainly does play into the track and I'd like to talk about that in a second. But in terms of the political aspect of the Lebanese, uh, uh, you know, political spectrum that that is that Lebanon is going through now, or this search for an, an identity, um, you've been pretty vocal about being anti-sectarian. You're 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 against this kind of system that where you know sect matters, or you you vote according to that. 
Um, how problematic is that um, for you? I mean, when you look at Lebanon and you look at what's going on, are you optimistic or pessimistic about the uh, the, uh, the outcome of the change? Changes are happening, but I don't think those of us in the West really understand yeah. or know, especially in terms of the revolts going around in the region. Many people wonder why the Lebanese aren't rising up. But at the same time, I see quite a bit of subversive uh, thoughts coming out in music, in poetry, and in, in writing. Yeah. Would you care to comment on that a little bit for us? Uh, well, in the Arab world, it's it's been a long time. I mean, there's been dictatorships in most of the uh, countries that are close to us, and they have been there for more than 30 years. So their problem is with the dictator. They need to solve that before they get to other issues. But in Lebanon, we don't have this problem. On the other hand, we have many things that derive from the sectarian problem. I mean, like you said, we don't in Lebanon we don't vote according to the credentials of a certain person. We uh, we vote according to their religious sect and not even their religion. So uh, it implies that the people are driven by their emotions and by their uh, instincts, and which is not really very smart. I mean, if a country needs to stand on its own, it doesn't need to be driven by emotions. It needs to be driven by a government that really is a, a technocrat government who really works for the... I mean, each person is in, in his or her place for a reason, not because they are of a certain religion. So this does, didn't happen. And if we have to revolt, we have to revolt against this kind of, of, of regime where uh, the, the electoral system is set in a way where there is no way out. I mean, if I want to vote, I don't have another uh, leeway. I mean, I need to vote for uh, this person or the other. And I don't, in most of the cases, I don't find anyone to vote for, so I don't vote. So people like me uh, are, are uh, growing in numbers in Lebanon. And I find that it's going to take uh, quite a, a long time to be able to really uh, dismantle, we can say dismantle this uh, power, because uh, uh, we ne what we need to do is us, uh, the people who have children, need to start educating their children to, be, to have a different mindset. Uh, on that level, I mean, I don't see hope coming out of this gen current generation because they're already brainwashed and they're already, I mean, if they are not sectarian, they have different uh, divisions. If not sectarian, there are divisions uh, that have to do with the certain education that one has. I mean, if you had uh, been educated as a... Uh, English-speaking person, you would not get along with the French-speaking person, or you would not get along with the people who have been raised uh, under the Russian communist uh, slash uh, uh, socialistic uh, uh, kind of thinking. So there's many, uh, I mean, and there's also the American-driven, uh, I mean, the people who are driven by the American politics, or the people who support Israel versus the people who support the Arab cause. I mean, there's many, many divisions. So uh, this is the, where the hard uh, problem uh, starts to, you know, uh, emerge. Uh, we don't have a dictator, but we have many divisions that we need to unify into one unity. And, and the next generation, inshallah, and the next generation say, is a, my hope. Better, yeah. uh, I mean, I would, I would always be walking in those marches against sectarianism. I will never stop, but I would also uh, try to convince all the people that I know, the parents that I know, to start to, uh, you know, plant the seed in their children, because the only way we can get better is by 
changing the, 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 the way we think and, and trying to uh, influence our children in a different way. And the other point you brought up, Tanya, is that in a way uh, your, your album and your life in general sort of broaches women's issues. And you spoke sort of universally about uh, misogyny, maybe, you know, this kind of uh, masculine empowerment, entitlement that we see all over the world in patriarchal systems, but also maybe more specifically in the Arab world and in Lebanon. Do you identify as a feminist in any way or do you stay away from that term? I'd, I'd like to stay away from that term because most of the feminists that I know have a problem with men. I don't have a problem with men. I like men. I like men and I respect men a lot and I find it's nice to have the femininity and it's nice to have the masculinity part. But what I don't understand in the Lebanese, most Lebanese men's mentality is the fact that they don't want partnership. Uh, and, and to me... Uh, There should be a partnership in a couple and, and no one should be giving orders, not the woman or the man. So the problem is that uh, most of the time it's the man who, you know, um, makes the rules and, and the woman d does only what the man uh, wants. So there's many things that are not expressed, many emotions uh, that come from the feminine part of the, of the society that is not expressed. Uh, and there's a problem because uh, many girls that I know have been most of the time oppressed by their father because they didn't, uh, I mean, the father didn't want them to have a certain education. Maybe, for example, the father doesn't want his girl in this society to become a dancer or a singer or to become a social activist or to become uh, maybe a, a, even a police girl. Or, I mean, there's certain things, certain taboos that we should... I mean, uh, overcome to be able to be a balanced society between its females and its males. And uh, I think that we are much better than our neighbors in the Arab world, but we still have a lot more to, to, to say and to... I mean, look at us in, in our parliament. There's four or five women, and uh, most of them don't do anything because they are either the daughter or the sister or the mother of someone. But they are not there because they are expressing something and, and they have a uh, say. No, this is a problem. I mean, you don't have women who really speak for you in the parliament. So we're still very far from getting there, but I have hope. I, I really do like what you say about the partnership and the equality of the sexes, different but equal. But And that kind of enables me to segue a little bit into the tracks, which is the, what, what I really wanted to ask you about, because I wanted to sort of single out some of the tracks on the album and get your reaction, not necessarily an answer, but a reaction. And, uh, and uh, the way the masculine-feminine dynamic functions in some of the songs is very innovative, it's very new, where maybe it is the masculine, the male character who's more vulnerable. I'm thinking specifically about the song Shu, <clears throat> where, um, I've said this to our listeners many times, this is a song where a man is speaking to his partner, his wife or his partner, and she, she, he feels she's being unfaithful to him, and he's kind of uh, torn between anger and love, and he feels jealous 
insulted and rejected. But it's such a powerful song because the whole theme of this kind of infidelity uh, is new to Arabic music and the kind of somber and haunting vocals you have with that song is very disturbing, uh, deliberately so. How controversial has that song been and how uh, correct am I in assuming that this is a really poignant commentary on an issue that normally is not discussed? Well, this song, uh, I mean, I don't know why, but for a, re for a certain reason, I always write uh, in a way that expresses two different meanings. This song in particular, I was trying to, to express this infidelity thing that you are talking about. I mean, I was thinking, what would my partner be thinking about if I even think of... Uh, having a relationship with someone else, even thinking it. So this was the first uh, level of, of understanding the song. But the, the real thing that made me write the song is that I thought that my partner was jealous not of another man, but my partner was jealous of my work. And my work is this other uh, opponent that he was trying to, uh, you know... Conquer cover or, uh, you know, kill at the end. He yeah. says, I, I always wanted to kill yeah. this guy. So to me, as a, as a person, I'm telling you honestly, this was the case. I mean, it was not another man. But it. it is another man in other cases, which is great for the song. I mean, I'm sure that many men think like that if they uh, even, I mean suspect that their partner is thinking of something, you know, they but would uh, feel the male that. male being vulnerable and wanting her despite this alleged infidelity, and usually we hear maybe more female or women singers kind of, you know, be clutching to the man and he's, you know, he's, he's the one who's cheating and they want him. Mm. This was the man sort of beseeching the it's woman. It's important. Uh, and uh, I think that's I pretty think new to show the man important. as vulnerable yes, and wanting that kind of same traditionally feminine Yes, uh, it's need. important, Ramzi, for our society because I see around me many women who are suffering from particularly the infidelity of men. So I wanted to show the opposite so that they feel better, you know. And maybe uh, there's another song that I wrote also because I felt that women should be feeling better about themselves, you know, which is the track number three, which is called Rahel Hub. Okay. It says, love is gone. But okay, love is gone. So okay, we, we will cry and whine and, and lament. And then what? We need to do something about it. We need to stop crying yeah. and start anew. That's so what we need so to do. It's not so pessimistic. This song. No, it's, it's not, not about there is no more love. It's about love is gone, but can be sort of regained in different ways. Yes, and I, this is what I really believe. I mean, if love is gone once, it shouldn't be gone for a long time. I mean, it should come back somehow. <laughs> and that is only one of the controversial, or quote-unquote controversial tracks on the album. The other one that I think of, which is so catchy that even most mainstream American audiences are singing it, is Omar and Ali. And I don't think people quite, I mean, they love the beat, and it's very addicting, and people are singing it. But once they understand what Omar and Ali represent, it gains on a whole new dimension. Can you explain to us who Omar and Ali are and how they function in opposition yet should be uh, espoused to each other, perhaps? Yeah. <laughs> 
uh, a friend of mine once told me it would be nice to do a video clip with uh, a gay couple where you see Omar and Ali as a gay couple who are uh, in love but uh, are fighting for a reason. But to me, I wrote the song because I felt that in the Arab world there's uh, there's a big force that is the m Muslim religion, the Islamic religion. And it's, most of the people are uh, from, I mean, most of the, the population is, is uh, Muslim. And the, this Muslim world is split in two. In, in the world, there are countries who are Sunni Muslims and other countries who are Shia Muslims. But they have the same religion, but they have different, uh, uh, how do you call them, shores in the religion that they need to be doing, uh, according to a certain uh, fatwa. So uh, when I think of myself as a person who has grown up in, in Lebanon and who has had uh, parents from these two different uh, Muslim sects, I think that, okay, I'm in the middle of this battle, uh, and I have nothing to do with it. I mean, I, I didn't choose to be uh, Muslim or I didn't choose to have this uh, father or mother, but I grew up this way and I found that there is no reason why they shouldn't be getting along, especially that in Iraq and in many other places like Bahrain now and many countries in the world, they are fighting and they are killing each other and there's blood and there's... Uh, I mean, it will take a long, long time to heal why? About Sunnis and Shia, Sunnis and Shia in certain countries. Why are they fighting? Because they, they have no reason to fight if they have the same religion as, uh, I mean, the same uh, prophet as they want and the same uh, uh, kind of way of life. The same, the only things in, in, uh, in, uh, in difference that they have are the names that they choose for their children.